0: Willkommen zu Max und die Supply-Chain-Helden, deinem Unternehmer-Podcast zum Thema Einkauf und Logistik im digitalen Wandel. Interviews und Erkenntnisse von und mit Profis aus dem Bereich Supply-Chain-Management, ganz ohne Beratermission. Ich bin Max-Meister und Familienunternehmer in dritter Generation. Ja, hi. Willkommen zu einer neuen Folge von Max und die Supply-Chain-Helden. Heute hört ihr wieder eine englische Folge, die ich aufgenommen habe auf dem MDM Analytics Event dieses Jahr im September in Denver. Zu Gast ist heute bei mir der Anthony Aiken, seines Zeichens Marketingleiter von der Firma iBT aus Kansas. Das ist eine Firma, die ist ziemlich ähnlich aufgestellt wie die unsere, wie Ludwig Meister. Ähnliche Größe und auch ähnliches Produktsortiment. Warum ich äh, viel gelernt habe bei meinen Besuchen bei IBT und wieso ich glaube, dass die eine gute Zukunft vor sich haben, werdet ihr in dem Interview erfahren. Und es würde mich freuen, wenn ihr uns Feedback gebt. Also, viel Spaß. Okay, great. We're sitting here in Denver, Colorado. And we attended the MBM Analytics Summit. And to be honest, we had a long day. But I'm happy that you are here. And uh, before I introduce you, maybe uh, you can say a couple of sentences about you.
1: Uh, Yeah, Uh, Anthony Aiken. Um, I work for uh, IBT Industrial Solutions. We're a bearing and power transmission distributor in Kansas City, Kansas. Um, We have 50 locations throughout the Midwest and roughly about 500 employees. Um, My role there is a director of marketing and e commerce. Okay. Mm -hmm. And
0: if I understand right, uh, IBT is still a family owned uh, business. Yep,
1: yep. We're, we are celebrating um, our 70th anniversary next year. Um, so we're super excited about that. Um, we're in, as uh, similar to yourself, as we're into the third generation as well mm-hmm. of uh, the ownership and leadership. So we've been uh, similar growth patterns that you've been showing as well. So I've been very okay. positive.
0: The thing why uh, we two are sitting here is that uh, I visited your uh, company uh, in, uh, I think in 2016 or 2015, the first time. Okay. And uh, yeah, I've seen some interesting things and, uh, Maybe uh, you can describe uh, a little bit more in detail uh, what the company is doing, probably what, uh, which product lines, and what are your uh, main focus customers. Okay, yeah,
1: definitely. Um, from, from our side, uh, my responsibility gets back into data is really kind of the heart of it. Um, so we've really gone through, and, and that's when I initially took over marketing, one of the big push for us was to have a solid return on investment. And to be able to get there, I had to have data. Um, so when we started opening up and looking at different parts of the, the business, um, really taking information from our CRM system, taking information in from our online analytic platforms, um, bringing all that different types of information into one place and trying to use that to help us make better decisions. Um, so really, you start looking into the customer segmentation, uh, understanding what part of the process they're in, Um, For us, um, we are a bearing and power transmission. So uh, SKF, Baldor, Dodge are some of the key players there. And we represent um, just over 2,000 different manufacturers. Mm -hmm. And our customer base is roughly 6,000 to 7,000 annually. Mm -hmm. Um, So we've got a lot of volume, a lot of dispersity. Um, Probably the biggest industry for us is that... um, probably 60% of our business is end-user end into end a manufacturing facility. Mm-hmm. Um, As uh, MRO? Yes, MRO. Uh, okay. Yes, perfect. Okay. Yep, exactly, um, MRO business. Um, 20% is in a contract orientation, so we're having a supply chain contract there. And then we have another 20% of our business that sits inside of an OEM business. Um, so we're a little, we're almost flipped from what you are. So we've got heavy MRO, um, and really, as a family-owned business in a big marketplace, we're kind of squeezed in the middle. Um, we look at it as we have the Grangers, the Motion Industries, Applied Industrial on the one side, which is the big box players. The 800-pound gorilla. Yes, yeah, they are. And then on the flip side, you have the smaller local independents. And so we're really positioned in an odd place as where people look at IBT as big enough where they should have all the offers offerings and solution as the 800 pound drill. Yeah If
0: you look at the offers the customers uh, today need from you to uh, be successful uh, What is the general services they expect from a distributor?
1: Um, We really um, we hone in to um, product expertise Um, really we felt that We've been trying to reinforce our value proposition. Um, it's, a, it's a value proposition that the founders built seven years ago. And we've tried to constantly remind our customers and our own sales team about that product expertise, knowing the product, knowing their applications better than themselves and then our competitors. Our competitors keep to be very transactional. And so it gets to be as we're looking for total cost of ownership. And so we're looking at engineering, we're looking at reconfiguring uh, an OEM piece of equipment, trying to help them lower the cost, um, streamline the supply chain as much as possible. And um,
0: how can you, as a marketing and e-commerce perspective, uh, support your sales teams in the area of technical expertise? Yeah, um,
1: we've got a large kind of a presence right now in sales enablement. And that is one of the big things that we were talking through and looking at how to, how to solve that problem, um, really trying to get to where we can have product information, engineering um, information, calculators, tools for our sales team all at their fingertips on an iPhone or on a smartphone and then on a, like a, t- a tablet environment. Can you also use uh,
0: uh, these data directly at the customer, or is it mainly for internal uh, education?
1: Um, right now, Max, it's mostly internal. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about opening that data layer up to our supplier, our customers as well, mm-hmm. and having. Um, we haven't really decided if that's something a service that we're going to be charging, or is that something that we're going to hopefully use that to give away is be part of doing business with us. And so instant would be sign a contract in this product category and we'll provide the knowledge and expertise and all this research information on the backside. If you look at the
0: customers, do you also make um, uh, online courses or uh, courses in your premises and teach the customers?
1: We, we do both. We, um, we have a, a department within the organization who does complete training. And so for that is um, we do it... Um, at this point in time, we don't have an online solution for that, but every bit of it's in-person or in-plan. Mm-hmm. And so we host um, regional um, training seminars, and so we'll bring in 30 to 40 customers into a marketplace. Um, we'll have a trainer that'll be there for day and a half to two days working with them to understand really their application and really the, uh, the product itself. And then we host the same kind of, if the is large enough, we can actually host that same environment right there at their their plan.
0: <laughs> if I remember right, uh, you have a, some kind of a television uh, studio mm-hmm. or at least a production studio. Yep. Okay. Can you tell us more about it? Because then we get the loop, probably this is your yep. chance again.
1: No, it's, uh, it's really exciting and really interesting is that um, we were one of the first uh, video production shops inside of Kansas City to be shooting. NHD and HD means high-def. Okay, and so we're dating back many many years ago but as part of that um, we initially set up a training department to do all internal training and so we started doing recording our trainings and sending it out to all of our branch locations um, throughout the Midwest United States and quickly into that we started doing production films and doing a lot of internal training documents for customers and our manufacturers. Manufacturers were coming to us and saying, hey, we need to re- do a, a training program. Can you actually come in and record that for us? And it, Which has led us into shooting for Oprah Winfrey, uh, Martin Marvels, the History Channel, a lot of these big national publications that were actually doing the shooting when they come into the mid Midwest. Oh, okay. Very uh, interesting. Yeah, we're, we're really... We're at a place that we're overhauling that whole piece of business right now. And we've probably three years ago, sunsetted that whole department. And with the rise of video and the interest of it, we're actually bringing it back. And so we're going to be doing a lot of, and the major reason is to capture a lot of that knowledge from our existing internal salespeople and to use it as a place to capture that knowledge we're we're like a, many organizations that um we have a very very rich history and tenure and so we have people who've been working for the company for 20 plus years yeah they're coming up to that retirement age and we've got to figure out a way to try to capture that information
0: okay yeah so actually um the ambulance is passing by but uh, i think they'll be gone soon so this is uh uh, one thing that you will improve in, uh, in future, mm-hmm. what, what, what I think, or uh, when you look at the conference uh, today and yesterday, there were uh, the focus of video uh, and education with video was a, a, a big focus. Mm-hmm. So I think for the future, this is a chance to uh, really get, make a closer connection to the customers also.
1: Yes, I think that video is much more personal than reading a piece of paper or reading something online. And so you can actually put a face to that and have some emotional connection back to a, a video instead of just reading a blank piece of sure. reading a piece of paper.
0: Okay, so maybe I want to be stay in the loop about mm-hmm. the information, what you're planning here, because uh, I think it's interesting. We are doing uh, no webinars until today for our customers. Yeah. Okay. But I think on the long run, maybe it will be interesting. Uh, because uh, it's easier to, to watch half an hour or 20 minutes than uh, mm. traveling to a plant or yeah. to a branch for uh, one day. So uh, this could be a chance. Do you, do you see that
1: translating to your audience of customers? Uh, you mentioned saying language-wise? Well, not, not, okay. well, not translating, just the um, online training instead of being in-person touching and feeling and, and interacting with the product that's out there? Uh, I think it's,
0: it, it has to be personal. With persons uh, really doing it, mounting, demounting yeah. bearings, just showing the technical skills and uh, yeah, because as you said, it's personal yeah. and uh, if, if I want the, the customers that are, really take an advantage out of mm-hmm. it, then probably it has to be personal. One other topic, if you look at all the Internet of Things applications. yes. Do you see any important uh, developments in matter of supply chain management at the moment?
1: I think that I think the whole industry is really excited about Internet of Things and what it means, and uh, I think that we're really at uh, we're at the ground floor that we have a growing number of our manufacturers are producing and building equipment who have sensors on them, and so you're going to walk into a manufacturing facility. And you're going to have sensors everywhere, and none of them hardly talking. And you have all these different, disparate systems.
0: Do you have suppliers where you already are in discussions about trying an to approach together?
1: We we have relationships, and, and we've talked as the um, SKF's and um, Schaeffler and a couple of the other Dodge um, Rexnord uh, that we've worked with, and actually we implement their programs for. Mm-hmm. But what we find. Is it some of these facilities that you're going to have multiple different platforms out there, and trying to centralize all that information actually be talking to each other? And then there's the big question of who owns that data now? Does yeah. the manufacturer who's broadcasting, or is it the customer? Mm-hmm. And who where does that information reside?
0: Yeah, I think this is the biggest uh, structural problem that uh, you will have. Uh, certain different islands, and mm-hmm. uh, nobody is able to really connect it. Yeah. And um, uh, until today, I haven't really seen a good solution. But uh, to be honest, um, I'm not a professional in that area, but I'm interested in Mm -hmm. reading, watching, and yeah. Well, there's
1: not a common language there yet. Yeah. I mean, there's every manufacturer has their own program, and there's no common API between them at this point in time or governance of how they're talking. And so if, if Somebody's going to be out there. I mean, there has to be other people thinking the same thing of how do they centralize that. Um, because what that leads to for us, I mean, as a, as a distributor or as a manufacturer, we can be seeing that firsthand information where a bearing's about to be failing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it's you're triggering your supply chain. Okay, I need to make sure to have a part ready for them.
0: And uh, you you don't have to have uh, condition monitoring in a very high sophisticated way. Sometimes it's only the temperature, mm-hmm. and uh, you you have a couple of things uh, you you have to watch the development. It's getting higher, lower pressure, temperature, uh, things like this. Uh, I think on the long run it's uh, interesting for many production facilities. Probably there will be a, a central system, but until today I haven't. Uh, yeah, I didn't find a good solution. So
1: yeah, and I, we've done. We've investigated and we've even talked from a perspective that uh, trying to find somebody who's out there and developing something. But at this point in time, it's going to be an arms race of who can get it first. Yeah. And uh, so we're, we're really intrigued uh, seeing the different platforms that are coming out there and how they all talk to each other.
0: Yeah, so interesting topic where uh, uh, it's important, I think, to stay on track and uh, be always updated Mm -hmm. until today. I didn't find a big or a good solution, but probably in uh, six months from now, Mm -hmm. there is an interesting opportunity. I have uh, one one, one last topic. Uh, You were mentioning that you have uh, 50 branches about. Mm
1: -hmm. In which area? Uh, We are central in our corporate headquarters in Kansas City. And so that's Kansas, um, and then we have Missouri, we have Oklahoma, mm-hmm. we have Arkansas, we have Texas, um, we have Arizona, we have Tennessee, we have Illinois, we have, um, who am I missing? Nebraska. Okay. Yeah. And Iowa.
0: Okay. So it's a, that's a, a big local spread?
1: Yes. Uh, it's yeah. the heart of the United States.
0: Yeah. Do you see any differences in the needs of the customers in different areas?
1: Um, we, I'm not going to say the different needs. Um, what I've seen in, for, for us is our branches that are highly successful are in smaller to mid-sized marketplaces. Our more profitable and more successful locations are in those smaller communities where relationships still matter. Mm -hmm. So the personal relationship. Yep. And uh, so our sales team and our people are just a fabric of the community. mm -hmm. And so it's still a a big relationship and pricing is part of it, but it's not the only thing. And when we walk into some of the big cities, it becomes very heavily commoditized. So you take this into
0: consideration when you think about value proposition. So Mm -hmm. you're saying that smaller markets, you have a, uh, teams with uh, people that connect that uh, mm-hmm. uh, are uh, happy to invest the time,
1: even sometimes Friday evening or. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that that's a great observation. I mean that that I, I'm not sure how much of that goes into our hiring process, but it definitely could be something that, be thinking through as we go through there. We've stayed pretty standard with our value proposition mm-hmm. because we've been very uh, diligent and trying to stay true to that because we feel that we're, we're, we're becoming in a heavily commoditized marketplace with more and more competitors everywhere, um, online and offline. And as with, within that, uh, we feel that's one of the things that we have in our favor is to, to make those connections yeah. and then to be able to help people walk through problems. And when a lot of our competitors are not willing to spend the time. And so mm-hmm. we have a um, higher-touch sales process than most of our competitors.
0: I think in the modern world, uh, this is uh, one approach that is uh, still successful. Mm-hmm. It's the same with us. What we see is, if you look at a uh, total uh, a portfolio of probably 2.5 million SKUs, mm-hmm. you have the problem that uh, it's difficult to be a product specialist uh, for, for big parts. And yes. our customers uh, want to have people that are technical uh, experts, that really can help them to improve the machine or uh, construction. So I think this is a stretch, mm-hmm. uh, but um, for all the distributors that can offer that service, I think it's a, it's a chance also in future.
1: Yeah, it's and I think it goes back to your, your initial, one of your questions earlier is, how do you enable a salesperson to know that breadth of product? Mm-hmm. I mean, when you're talking about two million SKUs, how many different product categories yeah, actually, I think it's a,
0: a couple of hundreds, mm-hmm. but uh, it goes down to probably 100 main product groups. But this is crazy. You you cannot be a specialist in no. 100 uh, product groups. Nope. It doesn't work. Not at all. Okay, yeah. uh, maybe uh, one last thing to wrap up. Yeah. Uh, what what trends do you see uh, in the or in the partnership with the customers? If you look five years into the future, what picture do you see?
1: I think that we're the IBT's of the world and your are smaller players that we have to become more integrated to our customers um, to get um, working to try to make a, you've made a common a frictionless transaction. And so it's making that purchase, making that transaction as seamless as possible all the way through. Yeah. And for me, that means getting all the way up into their planning and their design in um, working with their management team to see what you can do to, to eliminate, honestly, lean out the process mm-hmm. and become a value-added partner there, um, as part of their supply chain, almost an extension of their their supply chain. So I see integration is going to be a big part of that. It with technology. It's going to be with people.
0: When you talk about integration into yeah. the supply chain, uh, you serve OCI and yep. uh,
1: we we do, we do um, OCI. We've got. Um, uh, Ariba mm-hmm. is, is a big one in our, in our marketplace. We have punch-out systems for uh, who is it? Um, SAP, PeopleSoft, um, eRequester. So all the major players in the marketplace.
0: What is the uh, important or what is the size of the business? Can you can you tell in total?
1: Um, right now that is roughly 15% of our total volume. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so it's a sizable portion. Um, yeah, it's important. It, it's very important. Um, and to, ex- to extend that, you have EDI in there as well. And that's it's interesting is trying to, that EDI transaction, the punch-out transaction really becomes around how technology advanced your customer is. Uh, this
0: one is one question. Is EDI, OCI or punch-out, is it more a pull from the customer or is it a push from you? I'll pull. I'll pull, okay. Um,
1: Uh, mainly pull mainly pull we we use punch out in an interesting vehicle is we have multiple storerooms that we manage and because of the multiple storerooms we manage um, our storeroom clerks will walk through build out a request and inside of that request they will put it inside of our e-commerce platform and so our our punch-out environment, they will actually access it through um, their buying portal or like their e-procurement portal to make a request, and they will actually go fetch all that information from our system and then have it round-trip and send us the order.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And okay. so they're, uh, essentially is, is our team is building out the line items, so it may be a 100-line-item quote and taking basically the order entry and the keystroking away from the attendant.
0: Okay, Yeah, maybe it's uh, too long for today, but when we meet the next time, yep. I want to discuss with you about the advantages and disadvantages of EDI and Punch-Out, what okay. it means for you, yeah. what it means for um, the quality of data at the customer oh. and uh, at the distributor, and uh, this could be, I think, an interesting uh, discussion.
1: In the EDI conversations between the two different organizations, you have a higher level of OEM business than we do. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I would tend to suspect OEMs have capabilities and Kanban schedules to build yeah. and release from.
0: Yeah. We, we have this also with MRO customers, okay. uh, but the process is very long because you have to get all the pricing right. And uh, An EDI order with the more wrong price is not a real EDI order because uh, you have to touch it manually, you have to look, you have to call. So uh, there's a lot of uh, master data homework to do. Mm -hmm. Yes. So sometimes I think that's the advantage of an OCI catalog Mm -hmm. because you have the leading system, they're looking and then they're putting it into their system. But yeah. On the other hand, with uh, EDI, you can also have a very frictionless, uh, fast process with only working news in your yeah. system. But maybe we should uh, keep this for the next conversation. I don't Sounds know where great. where it will happen. So um, maybe your place. Yeah, actually, uh, you're invited. And uh, give my greetings to Jeff. I will do. We're, whenever you plan a trip to Europe or uh, Germany, please uh, stop over. We I will would come be see happy. you. Okay, uh, g- great having you. Uh, thank you for your time and um, I think now we can enjoy at least uh, uh, one beer uh,
1: at the bar. Hey, I, I appreciate the invite and enjoy the conversation as always. It's always been very stimulating. So, just a, a lot of new ideas and thoughts as we sit here and talk through um, what can help lead our business to accelerate it. So, appreciate it. Okay, you. perfect.